yeah, this difficult situation has occurred in my life. And you, ma you make it become much more personable like and, and real. Modern medicine should be a collaboration of nurturing the bo body, mind, and spirit, as well as, you know, we can, t we can, we need modern medicine and Western medicine in those acute cases. And then we also need naturopaths and functional health medicine and all of these other ways of looking at the body and more holistically. All mystics have a story of how they found their spiritual calling and how they continue to deepen their own spirituality and connection to the universe. Let us hear their stories so that we may be inspired to continue ours. Awakening Stories. Welcome back to yet another beautiful, inspiring installment of Awakening Stories. This series is all about giving spiritual women an opportunity to tell their story, share their tips and insights, and hopefully inspire anyone listening who is in the middle of a spiritual awakening themselves. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, someone I admire and I look up to a lot because she is knowledgeable, she is gifted, she is compassionate, she is strong, she's a badass Reiki business owner to use her own words. She has over 20 years of experience in her full-time Reiki business, brick and mortar in Montana, which is really cool. And in her online brand, Reiki Cafe, which is even cooler within Reiki Cafe. She has Reiki Cafe University and Reiki Cafe Radio, all of which I like literally cannot get enough of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a wonderful thing because we just, we all need more Reiki in our lives. So please welcome Christine Renee. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to discuss all of the things. Yes, me too. I'm really glad you're here. I have to tell you that you are on my list of dream podcast guests and we're living it out today. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I love that. Yes. I'm so excited. So I would love to hear your story about how this all began for you. Like what was the spiritual straw in the camel's back that changed everything for you? Well, we can definitely hone in there for sure. Um, to give it a little bit more background, um, Reiki has always been kind of a part of my life. My dad was doing Reiki when I was a child. And so it was the seed that got planted. He wasn't... Um, back in the eighties, like that's, I'm one of those millennial, zennial types. Um, but it was so hidden. It was so quiet. And so it wasn't something done outwardly. It was something done very quietly, secretively. And, but it was a plant that was seeded as when I was a child. And then when I got introduced to Reiki, when I was 20, I was actually working at a birth center training to be a midwife. And so that's, those were the first little, um, Reiki seeds that were planted in my life. And, but it really wasn't until much later that I really stepped forward into my power, into my business, into like doing the thing I actually love. There was a lot of trauma that had to occur to get me to that point to say, I'm not doing anything unless it's going to serve my higher purpose. It's to serve, you know, me and my well being. And so that story is um, one that brings us back to around 2009, about there. So I was my, after I left Alaska, where I was getting my birth center training, 
I went back to Portland, Oregon, which was where I was born and raised. And um, I had, I ended up meeting a man who was almost twice my age. And I was always, you know, one of the quote unquote old souls. So I like, I knew what I wanted when I wanted it at a very young age. So I kind of wanted to skip through that whole 20 year old phase and go right to like the whole marriage kids things. And um, I had a lot of naivety. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was getting into things that were a lot bigger than me. And um, I wasn't really ready for them because I didn't know who I was yet. I hadn't discovered who Christine was. And I was just kind of honestly following these divine sprinklings because all of these things needed to happen to get to me to where I am today. And so I see the bigger picture now, but I ended up marrying this man who was very emotionally abusive, who um, was very, um, kept me kind of locked away. Like as soon as I got pregnant with our first child, our only child, I was living in a small outskirts of Bozeman, Montana, and I didn't have any friends. I was really kept sheltered and it was really difficult because I, he was very much a narcissist Mm. and, you know, basically a borderline sociopath. So, you know, it was, it was ugly. It was really ugly. Like people would fly in from Portland, like friends from high school and things to check on me to see if I was okay. And I was skin and bones. I had lost a lot of weight through, um, having a child. Um, we, I was having financial, serious financial struggles of like, uh, we don't have bread, milk, eggs in the house to feed my child, but we have a keg, Mm. you know, some of those type of things. So like, um, alcoholism, um, really absolutely exhausted, tired all the time and was doing everything by myself, or at least that's what I remember remembering just being exhausted. I have most of that early times blacked out. Like I have met people that I had experienced time with in some capacity and I won't even remember them like completely blacked out, you know, good year. My first year of my son's life. Don't remember really anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. um, And you know, it really takes a significant amount of trauma to have those type of blackout memories. And so there was a day when um, I had just kind of coming to the conclusion that I needed to leave for my own sanity. And um, I had joined the Universalist Fellowship in Bozeman, the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship in Bozeman, primarily because I needed to find some type of community to reach out to. And so they're um, a spiritualist community that really is open to all belief forms and systems. Like it's not specifically Christian or Muslim or whatever it may be. It was really open. And, um, and so I started attending. So I'd have some type of community um, away because I was away from my family. I didn't have any friends and it really was um, a link that I needed so that I could reach out to individuals there at the church and say, I need help getting out. What do I do? And um, someone offered up their garage that I can start moving my belongings into someone's garage. And when I could find a suitable housing situation, I could move very quickly. And that's what I ended up doing. I found another single mom 
with our kids the same age and she had a daycare in her house so that I could move quickly. And then I had instant childcare as well while I had to go to work. And so it worked out. It was absolutely terrifying at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, even through the divorce um, filings and all of that, I had people who I thought were, you know, possible common friends who refused to say anything because they didn't want the backlash from my ex. Mm. Um, and then I spent years getting um, fighting with police, fighting in court battles. Um, um, we've been in a, a long um, time high custody battle for about 10 years. My son is now 15 years old and I left when he was two. And so it was then, it was absolutely then where um, I really had to go, okay, I need to choose my sanity and my healing and to protect my son. I really left to protect him. I didn't want him learning how to talk to the women the way my husband at the time was talking to me. So that was the big, like, because I, if I was doing Reiki, if I was trying to have a Reiki circle, I was called a witch. I was called a lot of other names that I'm not sure you want to have. <laughs> we, we got it. We, we... <laughs> right, but I, I was pretty yeah. much um, torn down all of the time. And then years after I was basically being harassed um, through police callings and it just got really, really ridiculous to the point when my son was about probably seven years old, I kind of had my, my absolute bottom breakdown. And in that bottom breakdown, I gave up custody for six months and I was suicidal and oh. couldn't take life anymore. I had, um, remarried at that point to a wonderful man, had another child, but I was, still exhausted. I still was trying to play the mama bear role and trying to protect my son and protect my family. And it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And so I had to choose me. And I think that was my biggest aha moment was I need to take care of myself before I take care of others. Even if it meant giving up custody to someone who was emotionally abusive. Yeah. And so it was, it was very difficult. And I'm, also really proud of myself and glad I did it because in that time of healing, I transformed in the fact that if it wasn't for my highest good, I wasn't going to partake. I quit my job on the spot. I said, if it's not about Reiki and meditation, I'm not going to do it. And that was my only career path ahead of me was like, I'm going to heal myself and then I'm going to heal others. And and every day that's the choice. Like I heal myself and then I heal others. Yeah. And it started there. It started yeah. there. What? Oh yeah. That is the ultimate way to find healing is to have so much trauma that you like, I need to, I need to deal with this. Cause I yeah. feel like a lot of people, most people have micro trauma, but not everyone has, I blacked out parts of my life type trauma, <laughs> Right. but so there's nobody else that's better to heal from, you know, or to receive healing from than someone who knows what that's like. And that's hard. Like if you're in the midst of all that, especially when you're dealing with a narcissist or a psychopath or whatever else, that is not an easy thing to see clearly enough to understand that it's time to change something. And yeah. I can't help but feel like that you had that basis of spiritual foundation that helped with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that I had been taught Reiki prior 
to the relationship prior to all of the trauma in the relationship. And it really gave me a lot of hope and a tool in my toolbox that I could use instantly. Because even though I had to hide my Reiki for a few years, it was something that I could pull out and brush off and it works. And I think that's one of my reasons why I love Reiki so much. It does not go away. Anytime you're ready to tune in and tap into that healing, it's there for you. So I spent many, many a nights um, what, with what I call like channeling my Reiki guides, receiving healing from my Reiki guides um, and doing that, that piece of the work. And that's really when I got um, super into chakras and really understanding the chakras for personal healing. Like I needed to know the connection between physical health and emotional health and spiritual health. Like I, I wanted to know that so, so much because, because I had long-term trauma, it was starting to affect my body. I ended up getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Mm. And so that's basically where your colon um, produces ulcers because there's so much stress in your system. So it's, it's an autoimmune that's kind of like the cousin to Crohn's it's in your large intestine instead of your small intestine. So like I was having physical health issues and uh, chronic migraines and all of these things. And I'm like, okay, what, what, why, where is this coming from? And when you, when, so I started, I started researching and exploring and all of that helped me lead to, oh, this is a solar plexus issue. Well, what's solar plexus, right? Solar plexus is all about identity, your self-worth, your self-esteem, your ability to um, recognize who you are and who you are in the world. And I recognize that that was my whole previous marriage. It was very much like to strip my identity away. And then you have these ulcers, which are the reflection of anger. And I had a ton of repressed anger because if I knew that if I blew up in the relationship, I may have, it might've turned from emotional abuse to physical abuse. And so I had to bite my tongue oftentimes. So throat chakra issues, solar plexus issues, root chakra issues, that's all the safety. And so I, I just got really curious and going, how can I heal this? And so what I discovered is the more I would do the emotional components of healing for the chakra, and the spiritual components of that chakra, the physical ailments started to alleviate. And so I kind of call this like my backdoor approach to healing. <laughs> Absolutely. I do the same thing because it all has a root cause, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's exploring that root cause and really it's like weeding the garden and figuring out, well, why is it here? How, why is it displaying the way it is? Everything in your body is screaming at you to pay attention and trying to communicate with you. So if you have chronic health issues, it's something to explore. It's something to get really curious about because there's an underlying reason. And if we can emotionally heal that, then the physical ailment will go away. I love that this conversation came to this point because I believe that so hardly. So in my soul of souls and my heart of hearts, I believe that fully that every bit of every physical ailment you have is a symptom of some sort of emotional and energetic imbalance, especially chronic. Like I have chronic migraines, so I know that it's something going on up here and still working on all of that. And uh, chronic hip pain, I know that exists from my root chakra and my solar plexus and herbs. Well, I guess, yeah, solar plexus and sacral and all that. So yeah, it's true. It's, you absolutely do need to do all of it from a holistic perspective and not just zero in on just the symptoms. 
Yeah, exactly. I always got a, um, I always had such an interesting time when I would ever go visit my um, GI doc, my gastrointestinal doctor, because he believed in meditation because there's studies on it. Sure. And I wish I could pull out like the Reiki studies too, but um, it was always an interesting com commun communication of like, because oftentimes the doctors would be asking me like, well, what is your perspective of why these conditions exist? And I would try to explain it to him and it would be like, oh no, we can't, we can't actually look at those labs. And we can't, I'm like, uh, your labs are to tell you if you have cancer or not. It's just, this is the normal range does not mean it's the optimal range. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting though, that your doctors asked you that, you know? Oh yeah. They, they were curious about what I did and what I do for a living. Um, and I, he even sent me a few clients over the years. So cool. it's like, I have, um, cause I'm not afraid to talk about it. Okay. So yeah. here, here's the underlying thing that most, um, spiritual entrepreneurs, if their business isn't growing, it's like, are you communicating your story, this story? Because I, I wasn't afraid to say, you know, yeah, I've been through all of these horrible things and I am now at this place where I can make myself a priority. And that means I do Reiki every day. It means I do meditation every day or journaling every day. I do something every day to put me in a mindset that's going to be of one of acceptance, of one of healing, of um, focusing on my future and not the past and all the past trauma. And in that, I get, I was healing. I was, my, my progress, like oftentimes, like my GI doc, when I first went in, he was like, this is the worst case I've seen in a long time. And I get, yes. I don't need surgery. Right. Wow. You know, that's not so, what you want to hear from your doctor at all. They're like astounded. And they're like, yeah, okay. I can see why you're, and I mean, to get to an actual doctor took months because we have all these people not understanding how my diagnosis is presenting. So, I mean, I had gone to MDs and I had gone to like my midwife, I had gone to all of these different healing practitioners and they all just brushed me off. Oh. And until I went, finally went to a naturopath and naturopath was like, oh my God, you need a colonoscopy. <laughs> like this is wow. not like, it wasn't until I actually went to a naturopath that she listened and then sent me to the GI doc. And then from there, um, you know, now that when uh, right before the pandemic hit, actually the day of lockdown, the first day of lockdown, before they actually announced it, I had signed on with a functional health medicine to go, I want to go deeper. I want to actually understand because I was having another flare up and I'm like, I can either go to the doctor and spend thousands of dollars there or the emergency room, which is what I people were telling me to do. And I'm like, now I'm going to go to this functional health medicine and coach and sign up for her for the same amount of money that I'd spend for the ER. And within two days, my symptoms were starting to alleviate and worked with her for a good, probably nine months, 10 months to really get all of my health stuff under control. And it was like, let's go deeper. And so it was like, oh, you have each pylori and you have a yeast overgrowth and you have parasites and you have, <laughs> you have all of these things that oh normal modern medicine wouldn't even look at. <laughs> right. And it would take other people, similar people in your position, it would take them half their lives to get to that point of knowledge. Right. And all because like you said it perfectly, you kept getting brushed off and that just really, really hurts my heart. This is why I'm so passionate about Reiki. And I'm sure you are too, for the same reason is that we, I will listen, obviously I'm not an MD, but I will listen to you and I can 
I have intuitive knowledge where I can be like, oh, there's something going right here. Maybe get this, ask for this specifically. And you have to really, really advocate for your own health. And that's just sad to me, you know? Well, and it's don't give up. Like yeah. if you aren't getting the answers from one doctor, go to a different doctor, mm-hmm. go to a different type of go- doctor, go to, and I love Reiki because it's a complimentary therapy. There was yes. oftentimes I would have counselors send me people and I would send people to counselors. And, you know, there was this very much exchange of um, patients back and forth between multiple mod- modalities because that's what helped the client. <laughs> like right. that's what they did. And that's so like, I'm almost as if that's what the goal is. <laughs> that would be that would be the, the epitome of modern medicine should be a collaboration of nurturing the bo- body, mind, and spirit, as well as you know we can t- we can we need modern medicine and Western medicine in those acute cases, and then we also need naturopaths and functional health medicine and all of these other ways of looking at the body and more holistically. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. I couldn't agree more. You said it perfectly. There's a reason why it's complimentary. I love how you said that it's, it should be collaborative. Like nothing is isolated. And you can even take that down to your chakras too. You're not supposed to just work on your throat chakra. It's supposed to be your entire system, right? Like right. you can't just look at the symptoms of your GI. You need to look at your whole being. You, yeah, I, I love how you said that. You phrased it perfectly. Love it. Well, and oftentimes when you work on, like when you do a chakra analysis, which is part of what I offer is like you, when you look through the chakra system, what you'll notice is where the primary trauma occurred, right? So let's Mm -hmm. say that my primary trauma is actually in root chakra, right? And so oftentimes if we look at the lowest chakra, it's where the, when the chakras develop, they develop every seven years of your life. And so what happened when you were a child? What happened when you were really young? What parts of you and your subconscious have been suppressed that you don't really see, you don't really recognize them as limiting beliefs yet? Well, they tend to be in uh, root chakra or sacral chakra, right? And so when we can hone in there and start doing the healing work there, there's a ripple effect. There's a waterfall effect to the, the other chakras, because it's like once one thing gets jammed up, it's like when we start bringing in the flow, then it can go to all the other ones. And so they, they, they do, they collaborate with one another and they respond to one another. So when we can, I can work on with someone on healing their root chakra, not only with Reiki, but with activating actions, with shamanic help, with all of these other pieces, it's like the other chakras just start to awaken and move and shine even brighter. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that approach because when you start to open the healing door of spirituality, when you begin to have a spiritual awakening, it's, it is like a floodgate. You can't turn it off. You can't unknow or un, unstart, unstop. You can't <laughs> stop the process. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I, and that is when clients really have the shift, when they are willing to do the work, when they're willing to say, yes, I'm open to healing. I'm ready for healing. Um, when there's resistance to the healing, it's only going to go so far. And when we can really let down our guard and recognize that this is a collaboration with our spirit team, a collaboration for our highest good, for our higher self, for for all of those um, in coordination with our soul agreements, like all of those things, when it's happening, you're going to shift into alignment so much faster. 
And so it's like, I've had, I see this all the time with clients where one client is like, I asked them, are you ready for healing? It's like, mm-hmm. and they're just like humming a yes, but they're not actually saying it versus the next person who comes in who says, I asked them, are you ready for healing? They're like, yes, please. And they're like super excited and vibrant going, I'll do anything. Just tell me what I need to do. I'm, I'm ready for this. And the way that their treatments correspond with that, the person who's like, I'm feeling, I'm dipping my toes and I'm feeling into it. They might need a dozen or more sessions, which is okay mm-hmm. to meet your client where they're at and go, if we need to take off little bit layers at a time, because that's, what's going to be right for you. Fan freaking tastic. And then the next client who's like, yes, heal me. And they're, they're really open and ready. Um, they're going to have a, a faster shift. But if that same fast shift happened for the first client, it would have been too much for them. Exactly. And so you've got to meet your clients where they're at to go, you know, there was times in my life that I was like, yeah, let's take off little layers at a time versus like rip off the bandaid and like, here we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're not necessarily ready to, you know, relive all your trauma, even though if you're, (laughs) if you're meeting with you, if you sign up for a session, you clearly are but only exactly. exactly where you are, like exactly how you phrased it. So yeah. yeah. And that's the whole thing about spirituality and gen- and the sort of personal growth journey in general is that you have to go at a rate that makes sense for you. Yeah. You can't just immediately, you know, wake up one day and decide you're going to, you know, leave your narcissistic relationship and be a completely different person. It takes time. It does. It absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the journey never ends. There's oh, yeah. still pieces There's still layers and, I tell clients all the time, just because, you know, I'm offering coaching and you're focusing on personal development right now, doesn't mean that the journey is ever going to end for you. Um, There's always more layers and there's always more things to hone in on to really embody your higher self, your higher perspective. And sometimes we can tap into that really easily and we can embody our higher self and we can feel amazing. And then that sneaky little trigger comes back in. But because we've worked on it again and again and again and again, we can reverse that trigger much more quickly and go, oh, look at that. Get curious about, oh, look, you showed up again and I'm going to react differently this time. I'm not going to react. I'm going to observe. I'm going to see how it works. And, you know, this has been quite a journey because when I left my first marriage, I had very much PTSD type symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know, if his name showed up on my phone, if you know, a knock on the door, like all of those things would bring me into a, oftentimes almost a panic state. And now it's like, and I truly believe in healing across the board. Like I needed those types of situations. And now my ex has been to therapy for over a year. You know, he's very committed to um, learning how to communicate better for the benefit of son. And now for the first time in literally like 15 years, we were able to sit at a cafe to go over my son's school schedule without, without any triggers, without any trauma, without any things. So I do believe in healing. And I feel like he was on his healing journey where he was at and I was in mine. And so I just, even though, um, it was difficult Mm -hmm. Even though like, I would never want to go back and do that again. 
um, doesn't mean that I, we both didn't learn from it in some capacity. And my son is learning from it. And this is hit. He was brought, we were brought together for him to have him that soul come through. And so I love looking at it from that crown chakra, big picture, soul family point of view going, what the hell did we agree to? <laughs> right. I asked myself that question all the time. Like, why, why would I ever agree to this? But, oh man, that whole thing you just said, just gave me chills. What an incredible healing journey that you went on for yourself that ultimately triggered other people to go on healing journeys too. someone who was causing you such pain and such trauma. And now they're on their own healing journey. That's amazing. Like it just is proof that you taking care of yourself truly does take care of other people. Yes. And my son seeing me like, I'm not going to shy away from being who I am. I I'm, I'm a Reiki master. Like I want to do this woo woo business in a tiny little town and I don't care what anyone thinks. And hell yeah. And, yeah <laughs> right? and so like, yeah, my, my current husband's a Reiki master. My daughter does Reiki all the time. Oh, son, cool. You know, like, we're like a legit little Reiki family, but, and here's my son going, well, just don't tell my dad. <laughs> like, and I'm like, he won't need to know unless you tell him. So it's up to you, right. but it's very, it's very interesting. And to think about what kind of seeds I'm planting with my children. When, you know, I was a child and my dad planted these seeds when Reiki was very quiet, hush, hush versus today where it's like, you can go pull up Netflix and find meditations to follow along with. We're in a completely new age mm-hmm. when we look at the new generation of being how they're being raised and what they have access to and seeing Reiki on kids TV shows I'm blown away like I never would have thought that Reiki would come so far and this is just the beginning in my mind like yeah we're hitting the 100th anniversary this year of Reiki yeah yeah, yeah isn't that amazing it's amazing what where it's come how it's come and what's going to happen in the next hundred years. And so I'm all about, let's keep planting those seeds. Let's make Reiki accessible. Let's, everyone should have healing accessible to them on whatever level. I absolutely 100% agree. Yeah. And that is so, that comes through in the work that you do, because that's so true in everything that you do. Because yes, you, you, I was telling you before we hit record that you have this beautiful blend of a thriving business that is based on healing and the beautiful gift from the universe that anyone can learn, but you also are able to give it so freely needed to people who need it while still be being successful. It's just a really beautiful blend that you've been able to accomplish. And I really admire that. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on and talk about it and be part of your world on Reiki University, because it's just, it's the epitome, I think. And it's, it's busting a lot of these limiting beliefs that a lot of Reiki practitioners have that I see in our own group together, Reiki Homeroom, um, that you can't make money and have Reiki at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's it's that's quite is quite triggering for me personally because I feel as though that is not only hurts my heart when I hear other people say that, but it it my own problems with money come through with that. So yeah. it's something that is becoming more mainstream and you're helping it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um spiritually, the spiritual entrepreneurs have such money issues and money blocks. And I think a lot of them not only come from religion and our religious culture, like I grew up Catholic, you know, to be holy meant to give away all of your possessions Mm -hmm. and to join the church, right? So that was very clear. Like if you want to be holy, you can't have money. And then we have our past lives where we like the 
if we were an oracle in a past life, guess what? Society supported us. I was covered in jewels and gems and had everything I could possibly want by being an oracle. Like, I don't know, 3,000 years ago. <laughs> it's this very much like we have current trauma from the way we learn about money as a child when it comes to spirituality. And then we have these past lives. And so we got to work on like, untweezing those both and going, is this something that's actually helping me towards my goals or is it hindering me? And is it hindering the whole Reiki community at large? Like when we have people who are offering Reiki for free, then you basically are minimizing the whole industry because you wouldn't go to a chiropractor and expect a free Reiki session. You wouldn't go to a massage therapist and expect a free massage. Like you're by giving things away free, you're undermining the industry. And so I'm I'm one, I want to see Reiki fully accessible. I want to see Reiki as available to all. And, but we have to also make ourselves more professional. Right. And so it's like, how can we move the industry into a place where we're just as accessible as massage? And how do we mainstream our Reiki education, uh, whatever it may be, so that it can be more honored as a respectable profession. And so I think a big part of it is like really recognizing where these money limiting beliefs are and going, no, you're worthy of that. And you're worthy to have a career doing something that you love. And Absolutely. making the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. all for supporting Reiki practitioners, learning how to make a Reiki career out of Reiki. And recently I had one of my students, she's in our, um, she's done the shocker of clairvoyant coaching, which is going to become part of our Reiki coaching, our next offering. And she's done the shamanic Reiki practitioner training. But when she started, she's like, I need to quit my corporate job. I love Reiki. I already am starting to get like, preaching to the choir. Right? And they're like, how do I do it? I need, I need the steps. And I'm like, always the first steps is like, let's ditch the limiting beliefs. Let's really look at that. And so we have a course called Reiki and Manifesting Abundance that I put many of my students through because I'm like, here's the fundamental things. Here's this, this six video course and workbooks and all of the things to really hone in on that. And then the next piece is like, once you can identify when those limiting beliefs are showing up to just hit the unsubscribe, replace it with a belief that you want to listen to that is going to help support you. And then to learn how to do the actual skills of how do you build your business? And that's something that's really lacking in the Reiki community as well. Like we don't have business degrees. We don't have business education. And so how do we learn to, to do these things? And so that was another thing Reiki Cafe universities um, has a heavily mission is, is to support Reiki practitioners, learning the business skills of how to get started and how to be prosperous and how to get clients coming back and all of the things, because it wasn't something that we were taught. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I still feel as though there's a big gap in spiritual business um, mentors, because you can find a business mentor by just throwing a rock, right? (laughs) And a lovingly throwing a rock at somebody. (laughs) But yeah, so it's pretty easy to find a business mentor, but they don't always necessarily understand the heart centered portion of it, um, where there is that a blending between intuition um, and, you know, wanting to give it and be accessible and not charging $5,000 for an hour session and whatever, <laughs> but also getting like the actual good marketing advice, 
how to yeah. build a business, the practical sides of it, profit, loss, whatever. Um, and a lot of spiritual practitioners in general, they shy away from that sort of thing because it either doesn't interest them or they associate that with greed, um, with, you know, the Jeff Bezos of the world that oh, I can, like, I'm either oh, a broke right. artist or I'm <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And the way I come, come from with the Reiki business training is very much a one, if it start if it makes you go, Ooh, I don't want to do it that way, then you should absolutely not do it that way. If it, if it makes your stomach turn, if someone is trying to sell you a five step to keys to success and you're like, I don't want to do it that way, you really probably shouldn't. And I don't think that there is one perfect marketing strategy. There's not. No, absolutely and not. I have tried for years to figure out what is the best marketing strategy, trying to follow what other people do. And it's like, do this five day challenge or do this, you know, webinar and that do. And so you, you try these things out. And this last launch that I just had, we did, um, we launched the shamanic Reiki practitioner training here in January of 2021. And I go, you know what, I'm not going to do it anyone else's way. I'm going to do it my way. So there is not going to be a sales funnel. There is not going to be um, any kind of specific. I'm going to listen to my inspiration and I'm going to do the things when I'm excited about doing them. And that's how we're going to roll. <laughs> and it was successful. It was really successful. We had yeah. a $6,000 launch. Nice. And so it's like, um, we need to stop like trying to figure out the specifics of like how to do like the bigger idea of like what a launch should look like versus um what's going to get you most excited what's going to bring you the most joy what's going to help you share your sto story with the most people and and then there are techniques that you can lear learn about how to do a webinar well how do you give a pitch at the end of a webinar mm -hmm. you can learn how to do specific things or how to make a website look beautiful and also very much branded for your company. And then the way you present it can be yours and yours alone. It doesn't need to necessarily be a copycat of someone else's stuff because that may or may not work for you. It could, right. it totally could, but it might not. Right. And so it's like really listening to your intuition, listening to that divine inspiration, listening to their, your spirit teams, like nuggets of information and paths that, that are showing up for you and going, Oh, okay. I can do it that way. Sure. Okay. Let's do, let's do this. I don't know how many times I'm like, okay, in three weeks, I'm going to do this webinar. And then like a week before I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. And you just touched on something that I really believe is important in the spiritual content creation community where you can plan all you want. Cause I love planning. I got a lot of Capricorn in my chart and I'm all about planning. I know you are too. <laughs> That's how you got to where you are. But when it comes to the day, like you said, like, I don't necessarily, I was feeling that three weeks ago, but now I want to talk about something else because my heart's being called to do this. And yes, this keyword research isn't as good for this particular topic, but it's what's being called to me right now. So it is all about that balance. And as much as I wish there was a one size fits all marketing campaign that guaranteed automatic success, I really genuinely do wish that existed. <laughs> yeah, but it, it doesn't. And, and the not. same goes for trauma healing too, and healing your whole body and um, your emotional and spiritual health and well being and your mental health. There is no one size fits all. So I might as well just get used to that fact and figure it out and learn the techniques, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I saw all of our big courses, you know, our five month programs, 
they all have a chakra healing component to them so that we move through each chakra, whether it's every three weeks or every month, depending on the program, but you're really given activating actions. And I love activating actions because it's a buffet. It's like, you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this. All of them you, is about feeling into what's going to be, what's going to help you, what's going to help shift this for you. And so that's why I really love my little buffet option of like, you can do a guided meditation or you can do this, this type of action or this type of action. And they're all going to have the same type of overall effect of, oh, I can, I'm starting to feel the flow and I'm starting to recognize what issues are there and recognizing when triggers show up instead of just being triggered by them going, huh, I recognize that is happening again. And I've been on this repeated cycle. And so this is when things really start to shift. There's a, a, there's a container beyond a single session that really helps you go between sessions or in this five month container, you're allowed to shed so much. You're shedding resistance. You're shedding limiting beliefs. You're shedding old stories. You're shedding all of your fears to go all right, I'm ready. And here are these pieces that are coming in. And this is what I like to call like the backdoor approach of like, we don't have to actually look at the trauma. We don't actually have to see the thing that was caused the pain. I don't have to go back and try to recover those year of blacked out memories to do the healing work. I can just go, okay, this is the chakra defected and here are all of the activating actions and I can play in this energy. How can I bring more joy, more love, more excitement to this this area of my life? And voila, I mean, it, I mean, it's so consistent. It is. It works. Yeah. I mean, and so this is, it's very different than like normal talk therapy, for example, where it's like, let's talk about the trauma. I'm like, we don't actually need to re-traumatize anyone. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. And it's so empowering when you realize that sort of fact that you yeah. don't have to revisit it to heal from it. You don't have to peel it apart. You don't, unlike your story, you don't have to go back and try to heal the relationship with the person. It's no. yeah. There's lots of ways to do it. It is empowering for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. So uh, I would like to ask you what has surprised you the most as you travel through your spiritual journey? I think I already shared it, like having my ex, like being able to be where he is now and like have a conversation with me, having a phone call with him, like that's really probably the number one surprising thing. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. I mean, you asked me two years ago, I'm like, I will pay for my son to elope, then show up at a wedding with my ex. Like that's where I was just two years ago. I'd be like, no, not happening. And now I see the door is opening and it's like, oh, well, that's a possibility. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to share a table, but we can be in the same room together without having the police called. <laughs> hey, that's a big step. And two years is a relatively short amount of time to make that sort of transformation happen. Absolutely. When yeah. you think about the scope of your whole life and how long you were together for, and now you have, you share a son. So it's really pretty quickly healed amazingly that's yeah. amazing that's yeah. a great surprise <laughs> it was a great surprise it's like okay apparently we're able to do this now that's good that must be a weight lifted off your shoulders yeah yeah and so we'll, I just am open to the possibility that healing can occur 
Absolutely. Versus like I oftentimes, and even myself, I've been like, there's no way he's able to change. I mean, he's a narcissist. They don't change. <laughs> like, 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 how can we break those stories? Is that a limiting belief? Like narcissists can't shift. I will, you know, I will always be the empath that is his target, you know? Um, and so it's very much like it's opened me to no healing on all sides can occur. And this is why I love doing Reiki to situations. Like I'm not sending him Reiki. I'm sending a Reiki to the whole situation of going, may it all be healed to the capacity that it can be healed at as quick as possible. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. <sighs> What a powerful, inspirational story. Oh, I, I love, love it. That. Yeah. I'm glad you love your own story because it's amazing. I'm sure it's helped countless people in your the last several years that you've been building Reiki Cafe University and Reiki Cafe Radio. And it's, I love how you already mentioned this, but I love how you don't shy away. You don't shy away from your profession and you don't shy away from your past. And you're, you're so real about it. And it's, we need more of that. You're not a, you're not gatekeeping anything, but at the same time, you're like, I'm not recovering my past traumas that I blacked out, but I'm not afraid to talk about what happened. Yeah. That is what the world needs more of. I think that's sort of a role model. Right. And I feel like a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs try to put on this, um, I'm perfect (laughs) (laughs) persona of perfection that is really hard to obtain. And then when you actually get to know them and like, see what their life is actually like, no, they're going through their own traumas because guess what? We're humans. We're spiritual beings in a human suit. And so we can't come here to do this work. And in that process, we have to experience life and life includes hardships. Life includes difficulties. And when we can just recognize, yeah, this difficult situation has occurred in my life and you make, you make it become much more personable, like, and, and real. Um, I'm, I'm really, I get really annoyed with online, <laughs> online personas that <laughs> really show their life as, um, they're, they're, they're fake, you know, mm-hmm. it, whether it's, um, you know, filtered backgrounds or whatever it may be that just tries to make like their life um, over the top perfect. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work that way. Like, you know, if I could go up to a mountain and be a hermit and like, and not Instagramming it the whole time. Yeah. And like (laughs) not have any interaction with the world. Like, hmm, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I'm not running off to a monastery. I'm not running off to a cave in the mountain. I'm not doing those things. I'm living my life and I'm wanting to show other women and men that they can do the same, that they, you can live your life with all of the things. Like I have a daughter who's nine who has severe anxiety and like, yeah, where she wonder where she got that one from. But you know, she, she's at the point where it's like COVID has been very difficult for her. I mean, not just a few months ago, she was saying, we're never going to survive this. You know, like she was saying really, negative, sad comments when she's homeschooled. I try to give her like this beautiful protective bubble all the time. And yet she's still experiencing her own own form of trauma. No matter how good of a parent I am, she's still going to experience that. Oh, you just, what you just said there is like my biggest fear as a new mom. My baby just turned one a couple weeks ago and every day I'm like, oh God, I hope I'm not doing something that's going to like cause severe trauma. Or I know somebody else at some point is going to do something that's going to cause trauma. And I'm like, no. So yeah, you just, you just touched on something. Yeah. You, I mean, we can't, 
we can't protect them on all the different things. And so even with all of the different avenues I have tried to protect her, um, she still has, uh, at least, you know, in months past where she's finally working with an occupational therapist that we love, but um, she has self-harming behavior at eight, Wow. you know? And so it's, um, it's really going, you know, she came in for this. This is her soul's journey. I can do everything in my power to give her her own tools and techniques and all of these things. But ultimately, this is her life. Even at eight and nine, this is her journey and I can do what I can to protect her, but I can't protect her from everything. Right. It's just not, it's just not possible because she's a soul and an earth suit. <laughs> right, exactly. And nor should you try to, you know, shelter everything. And she also chose this life with you and her dad and the whole situation and everything. So yeah, I have to remind myself of that pretty consistently. And like my, my baby's not way younger. So it's like a little bit of a different perspective, but yeah, every day I have to remind myself that this is whatever happened, whatever is going to happen. This is what she chose and it's okay. Cause I'll be there no matter what. So I just, I don't have to purposefully contribute to any trauma. <laughs> Yeah. obviously so and I don't think most of the people in our lives from our own childhood purposely right get our trauma you know what I mean like my mom has said some pretty harsh things in my past and I go she just didn't know any better she's mm -hmm. just passing down her own generational trauma and this life I'm not going to perpetuate that yeah I can relate to that as well where it is never purposeful or usually it isn't and then it makes it also makes me wonder like so what's the next layer then. So it's not, it's not that specific level of trauma, but then what's underneath it, that could potentially get passed on. And what, what's next to heal? Like you said earlier, it's, you're always healing. There, there's always more. The journey never stops. The journey never stops. It doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it, not to be discouraging, but in, in an empowering kind of way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I feel like it gets easier and easier and easier. And then we can go deeper to like, where is this generational trauma? How can I like stop it in my timeline so it doesn't get passed on? There's always this, we can do further work that's gonna help support the next generation. Absolutely, I love that. So then with all of this beautifulness being said, what would you tell your younger self about your spiritual journey and spiritual awakening? Oh, probably to breathe and to have patience. Um, to let go of control. I think those would be the big ones. I think for me, um, trying to maintain control for so long was my biggest hindrance in my spiritual journey. And to know that my spirit guides could take care of me and that I could allow them to do the healing work. Yeah. So let go of control. That's a big one. I love that. Very powerful. What a powerful conversation. I really appreciate your open honesty and your candidness and all of that is really, I hope it's helped a lot of people here because it's definitely a powerful thing that you did and you shared with us today. So I would like to give you a minute or so to say where we can find you, uh, talk a little bit more about what you have launching soon in your university, whatever you would like to share. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for the opportunity. Here, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so you can find me basically all of my handles are Reiki Cafe University. So you can find me on all of the places, um, whether that's Instagram or Facebook. Um, and we have our podcast on Reiki Cafe Radio. 
Oh, I love that podcast. It has I do too. So, so many beautiful gems of wisdom in it. Um, so check me out there. The our Reiki Cafe University is always open to supporting spiritual entrepreneurs with their business and business building, including the Reiki and Manifesting Abundance course. Um, we offer Reiki training and um our newest uh, offering is Reiki coaching. So Reiki coaching is a combination of learning coaching skills as well as advanced Reiki techniques. And so this is really where these two industries come together to really allow the Reiki practitioner to see how coaching can benefit the client. So it's not a typical formal Reiki session anymore. It's a combination, it's mixed modalities. And we're really excited to be offering this very unique, I think I'm the only one in the industry. The only one. <laughs> I've looked, I know that's why I know I'm excited to join because I've looked for that sort of thing. And I'm trying to, I tried for a little while to come up with something for myself, but I'm like, I'll just join Christine. She knows what she's doing. She can learn me some things. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm looking forward to it so much. Like I feel like this is what the industry needs. Um, there's a lot of issues in the coaching industries, and I think there's just as many issues in the Reiki industry. And I'm trying to bridge the two industries so that it's kind of you're rising above the issues that are being had in both in industries. So we don't need a stick in a box. We don't need to have a cookie cutter program. We can be individually ourselves, fully and embodied ourselves and learned techniques that can really profoundly change someone's emotional experience, spiritual experience, physical experience. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and for sharing so much, for sharing your knowledge. And I'm really excited to share this episode because I've been waiting to interview for a while. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel as inspired by that conversation as I am. You can find more of these beautiful awakening stories from all kinds of beautiful women from all walks of life by going to spirituallyinspired.co slash awakening stories. And if you have a story to tell, I would love to hear from you. Just send me an email at sarahray at spirituallyinspired.co.